This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of Alopecia Life. Today's guest is Suzanne Camara. She is a cosmetologist and has worked with Manny Roberts Hair Replacement since 1994. Suzanne started Hair We Share in 2014 after 20 years of working with clients with all types of hair loss. Her goal was to take away the financial burden associated with quality wigs. The mission of Hair We Share is to help maintain dignity, confidence, and self-esteem to those affected by medical hair loss. Hair We Share is the only not-for-profit that services people of all ages with any type of medical hair loss. Suzanne works tirelessly to include anyone who needs her service. I reached out to Suzanne in early June when I was feeling like so many of us out of control, wanting to help with regards to Black Lives Matter, and on a small level, I realized I could do my minute part by learning about the possible disparities there may be in the hair loss community. This episode covers a lot from the challenges of hair donations and processing, the correct way to donate a ponytail, and the desire for hair donations that will suit the needs of underserved populations that are looking for a more genuine image reflected back to them in the mirror. Suzanne, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. So today, you and I are going to be talking about a few things. And let's start off by talking about Hair We Share and how it came to be and who you are. And we'll just get going with that. So I, you know, Georgia Von Kylenberg, correct? Mm -hmm. I had met her in, I guess, 2012. And I had designed a wig for her, which she wore on a 2020 episode called My Strange Affliction. From that episode, there was a 12-year-old girl who had alopecia universalis. She saw that episode. She lived in a small town, never met another person with alopecia, never saw another person with alopecia. And so when she watched the 2020 episode, her face lit up and she said, Mom, please, I'll do anything for that wig. And so the mom got in touch with Georgia and Georgia got in touch with me. And as I spoke to her, I realized that she was not going to be able to afford the wig. So I made her a proposal telling her that I always wanted to start a not-for-profit making wigs out of donated hair. And if she would be my first, she would be one of hopefully many that I'll help for years to come. And so what we did was we took a photo, we put her on Facebook, and we asked people to send their hair. And in three days, 42 people sent their hair. Wow. And so... At the time, I've been employed as a wig designer, and my boss was on vacation. And I knew that when he came home, he was going to not want to see that I was making a wig for free for somebody. He was going to want to see that I made a sale. (laughs) So I was telling my regular retail clients about, you know, what I was doing. And each of them just started handing me cash. Here's $50. Here's $100. And so by the end of the week, when he came back from vacation, I handed him cash and a pile of ponytails. And I said, we're now a not-for-profit. And so that's, that's always the joke that I, 
I hijacked his business while he was on vacation. <laughs> and you guys are still working together, right? This is- yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. So what happened was I told him that this is my calling and I need to do this. It's not a want. It's not a desire. It's a need. I'm sorry about the doorbell. No worries. And so I had a can that I kept $5 bills in. And every single $5 bill that went into my hand went in that can. It was my Christmas money. And so it was October and I had about $1,500 in there. And I said, I have this can and I already spoke to an accountant and a lawyer. And I'm going to take this money and I'm going to use it to get the 501c3. And he said, all right, how much is in the can? And I said, it's $1,500. And so he said, okay, he wrote me a check for $1,500. And he said, go open a bank account and we'll do this together. And he gave me five years. He said, you have five years to make this work. Mm. If it's not working in five years, I'm shutting you down because we cannot let it go you know, longer than that. So literally in four and a half years, on December 26, 2018, the mailman came in with six boxes of hair donations. And it was literally happened in one day that we just exploded. So 2018, we had 2,000 hair donations. And 2019, we had over 20,000 donations. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. And how do you scale that? When that's happening, you're like, okay, well, we can handle 2,000 ponytails. And now it's, I mean, 10 times that. So what happened was we kind of lost control. Our office is 1,200 square feet and the mail just completely took over the office. And it was just the two of us with one volunteer now and then. And we were here working 12, 13, 14 hours a day, sometimes 9, 9.30 at night, we're pulling boxes of hair and we just look at each other and drop everything and say, we just have to drop it. It's going to be here tomorrow. And finally, after about four or five months, we enlisted a group of volunteers, two retired persons. One was um, TTN, which is Women's Total Transition Network. And the other one was AARP. Mm-hmm. And we get about 25, 30 volunteers two or three times a week that come in and help us sort out the ponytails. Wow. We had to cut it off because we just couldn't manage it. And the funding wasn't coming to make the wigs with all that hair. Mm -hmm. So we vowed to never sell hair. We vowed to never sell wigs. And we felt like if we're taking people's hair and it's ending up in storage and not ending up where they intended on people's heads, it wasn't proper for us to be doing that. Right. So what we did was we raised the minimum length requirement to 12 inches from 8 inches. We found that most of the donations were 8 inches. Most Mm -hmm. were giving us the minimum. And then we infused the importance of fundraising throughout. And we did a complete upgrade to our website. And we just infused the importance of fundraising. You know, without the fundraising, we cannot do anything with the hair. And still, most people don't send monetary donations. But the ones that do go above and beyond, then we just we just pay it forward. We, they do crowdfunding. When somebody does a crowdfunder and it goes over the goal of $125 to process their hair, that money gets paid forward to the hair that we have here in inventory. Awesome. So basically, it takes $125 per ponytail to process it in mm-hmm. there. And then you need about five to six ponytails. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
And then how many hours is that like to make one wig full of five to six ponytails? How It's, what, a, it's about 50 hours. 50 hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know I watched a short video with a young man who went through the process and I thought that was really informative and I, I'll definitely put the link in the show notes for oh, folks to you. watch that. Yeah. When we talk about donating, people are like, oh, I'm just going to donate my hair. I've got some to give, right? And so they donate, but they don't really know the process of it. You have kind of some stuff that comes in that's just not usable, unfortunately. And, And why is that not usable? If it's wet, it was in a plastic bag wet, it will mold. It'll get mildew on it. If it's cut so that the hairs are reversed, if it's packaged that the hairs are not all in the same direction from root to tip, the hair will mat. And then we get a lot of people that will send us bleached hair, which we ask for no bleached hair. And that hair will end up shedding, even though it feels healthy and looks healthy. The integrity of it is compromised because of the chemical process that it went through. So it can go into a wig and look great, but it's not going to last more than a couple of months because it's not getting natural oils from the scalp. Yeah. And that's super interesting. I don't think that that most people would think about that at all. Yeah. Yeah, No, we even have, you know, hairstylists that don't think of it. We've had where we get a box of hair where they just keep it in their back room of the salon. And every time they get somebody to cut their ponytail off, they just throw it in the box. And then Mm -hmm. the whole box is just one big tangled mess. Yeah. When we talked about having, you know, hair that's unusable, maybe it comes in and it's moldy or it's too short or too bleached or whatever it might be. You have talked about donating it for other causes. I'm in the works of collaborating with another organization and they make what's called a hair mat where they actually make it looks just like a doormat out of hair. And they use that to clean up oil spills because hair is very absorbent. They have warehouses all over the world so that they can respond quickly to an oil spill, whether it be in the ocean or on the land. So if the hair can't be used in a wig, it's going to a good cause to help the environment. Awesome. Yeah, that's good to know the hair can be used even if it's not usable for a wig. So I think that's fantastic use of that. Thank you so much for doing that. And so are there qualified people who work with you specifically to cut the hair? Yes, we are working on building a salon locations We do have some on our website already. We don't have the whole country covered, but we're working on that. Awesome. And they're all instructed to cut it properly. Right, right. I hear people all the time saying, oh, I want to cut my hair. Where do I donate it? And if they were to donate it to Hair We Share, how does that process work? So they go to any salon. We ask them to bring the instructions from our website because some stylists don't know that the hair should be cut in multiple ponytails rather than one big one. Mm. We get the most length that way. We need length. We have most of our recipients are teenage girls and they're asking for hair to the middle of their back. So then we ask them to fill out a donation form, which is submitted online on our website. And then after that, they wrap the hair up, put it in a Ziploc bag, and then a padded envelope. The reason for that is if they use just like a regular letter envelope, the post office puts it through rollers. Mm -hmm. And we've had hair get caught in the rollers and tangled up and not make it to us. So we ask for, you know, sturdy cardboard or paper envelope or bubble wrap. Then to sponsor the hair, what we do is we have a track my ponytail program. And when they 
donate $125 with the hair donation, we will send a photo of their hair made into a wig. Awesome. Sometimes we'll show the recipient, but that's completely at the discretion of the recipient. And most of the time, they prefer to keep themselves anonymous. And you have folks from all walks of life. You don't have necessarily all children living with alopecia with this. You have burn victims, you have cancer survivors and numerous other causes that you support. Mm -hmm. We just recently had a domestic violence victim. The anonymity of that is going to be really important, but the power behind her having a wig is just amazing. I can just imagine. Yeah. And it was more than her scalp. She had scars on her neck from the abuse And so she was very concerned that, you know, she wanted hair that would be long enough that she could wear it in front of her shoulders to cover Mm -hmm. her neck. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense for sure. So we talked about most of your donations were coming in at eight inches. And I know you and I talked about, you know, when you get that and you take two inches off of it, right, for the way that you sew it. At least two inches. At least two inches. So really having that 12 inches is important. Yes. Even longer than that. And it's sewn for every single hair. It makes two hairs. Okay. Because the hair has to get folded to be Mm. sewn if you can picture that. Yeah. Right? So if it's only sewn two inches, then for every hair that's 10 inches, if Mm -hmm. we're using 12 inch hair, Mm -hmm. then you have a two inch hair. That's called a return. Okay. So that's acceptable if it's on the bottom underneath, but if it's in the top and in the front, it's not acceptable because you'll see all those little two inch pieces sticking up. Right. So if we want to make a 10 inch wig and at least in the top and the front of the hair, we need 20 inch hair. Wow. And it's very hard to come by. Yes. Yeah, I can imagine. There's this girl, I play volleyball and... And there is a girl, every time I see her, she shows up to volleyball, doesn't put her hair in a ponytail or anything. And it's literally down to her like mid thigh. And all mm-hmm. I can think of was like, that's some gorgeous hair. And <laughs> it, it, do you want to donate that? And I, I always want to ask her, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. So if she's ever ready, I'm, I'll know where she sends it. But I mean, she, you might get, if you were to cut it like to her neck line it might be 20 inches and yeah but you just don't see that very much right because it Mm. becomes unmanageable when it gets that long right and also becomes damaged at the ends and we I always joke about the hair donors there's far more drama (laughs) with cutting their hair than the recipients who have lost their hair Right. You know, where the, so the hair recipients are like, oh, it's beautiful. Thank you so much. I love it. The donors are like, yeah, you know, you're asking for 12 inches, but I really don't want it above my shoulder blade. So mm-hmm. I can really only give you eight. <laughs> At least once a day, I'm explaining to somebody the length issue. Your hair grows a half inch a month. And so you just wait a couple of months and you'll have the required minimum length. So that that does bring me to something you and I talked about a couple weeks ago when we were talking about that short hair and how you volunteered to go in and talk to a boys school. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love to hear about that and share that with listeners that experience. Sure. So I was asked to speak to a high school entrepreneur class on how I started the not-for-profit. And it was funny because I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur at the Mm -hmm. time, but (laughs) I put together a PowerPoint 
explaining every step that I took to start the not-for-profit. And I went in and I did my PowerPoint and when there were photos and the group was like 85, 90% teenage boys. And I thought these boys are not interested in what I'm talking about at all. <laughs> and I spoke for about an hour and then there was a half an hour of Q&A and the boys were question after question after question. And then it came to this one boy, Joe, and Joe said to me, you know, in your PowerPoint, I only saw pictures of girls. What do you do for boys? And I, for a second, was stumped. And I said, well, I would definitely make a wig for a boy if a boy contacted me and asked me for a wig, but we really don't get any contact from boys. Which, by the way, since I spoke to you last time, I sent a boy a wig. <laughs> That's only the second one in the six years that I've wow. been doing this. Yeah. So he, he said, okay. He said, because the reason why I ask is I had brain cancer two years ago. And when I lost my hair, it was the most devastating thing that ever happened in my life. And nobody emotionally prepared me for it. Mm. That out of that boy's mouth just stuck in my mind like crazy, especially the fact that nobody emotionally prepared me for it. And I, I had said to you, one of the very first lines in your book was that it's no different for a boy to lose their hair than it is a girl or a man, a woman. It's the same emotional feeling. It's the same trauma. Mm -hmm. I asked him, would you stay with me and talk to me after the class and let me find out what you think I could have done? And so after the class, we got to talking and I said, would you have liked a wig? He said, no, my dad offered to get me a wig, but wigs are for girls. But I never went out of the house or the hospital without wearing a hat. But with the hat, you could still see that I'm bald. And you could still see that I was sick. And I didn't like walking around and, and having people looking at me because I'm sick or feeling bad for me because I'm sick. Yeah. So I would have liked to have a hat that had some hair coming off the front and the, you know, the sides and the back. And so I've spent the last two years about creating this hat prototype after prototype until I finally have one that's natural looking. And you opted to use, um, I think I just remember that we talked about this, that you're using synthetic hair with that though, not, not human hair. No, no, oh, I'm, no. Using, I'm using the donated hair. What happens when we make a wig is we get excess hair that is too short. There'll be short hairs within the ponytail. So I'm using those short hairs to make the hats. And also the people that don't follow the minimum length requirement and send right. us hair that's too short. So we put that hair aside and that goes towards the hats. Okay. Awesome. And that is fantastic. Are you ready to launch that right now? I'm, I'm not. And the reason why I'm not, I've been making hats. I have them made. I'm about ready to launch them. But the one roadblock that I have is I don't have any Afro hair at all. Okay. And I don't want to leave anybody out. That's where you remembered the conversation right. about synthetic hair, because I'm considering doing the Afro hair with synthetic hair. Right, right. That really does bring me to the original reason why I contacted you. Again, you know, you and I were mm -hmm. in contact when I was publishing the book, and I loved what you were doing. And then I thought, who can I talk to about seeing if there is a disparity in Black children, Black adults, and their need for a human hair wig? And mm -hmm. one of the stories in the book was a young woman who wanted a wig made out of her dad had really extensive locks and he wanted to cut them 
and help provide a wig for her, but they didn't have anybody who could process it and make it into a mm-hmm. wig. So that was kind of my first exposure to it. But, you know, as we're learning right now, there really is a need for this. And I think you said you had one, you have one ponytail right now. And that's mm-hmm. obviously not enough to make a full right. piece. So right. one out of almost 30,000. And yeah. I do have a few heads of locks that people have sent me. But the problem with the locks is getting a natural appearance in the front of the hair. The back and the sides is fine because you can sew it on a sewing machine. So you don't really do a lot of it just because the demand, the demand's there, but mm-hmm. the the hair isn't available or yeah. donated. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so really if you had more donations, you would be producing more, you'd be able to make more hats out of human hair, which is kind of what you want to be able to provide for everyone, it sounds like. I don't want to leave anybody out. That's the one thing that's holding me back from starting to get the hats out to children. Right. So how do you see yourself getting these? How can I help you, I guess? Do you know what a latch hook rug, do you remember the latch yeah. hook rugs? From, mm-hmm. Well, basically that's the same concept of how a wig is sewn except much, much tinier. Sure. So the Afro hair has to be very long in order to work with it. So that's where the problem lies. It takes a long time for somebody to grow an Afro that long. Mm -hmm. And then when they do grow it that long, they don't want to cut it. Sure. I don't really know what the answer is other than manufacturing it, which for women... Most ethnic women aren't looking for Afro hair wigs. Maybe they want a tight curl. Some of them want straight hair. So that is okay. But it's the hats where I have the real issue with because I want to be able to serve as boys. What length of hair would you need? I'm going to say it should be at least 10 inches. That's long. Mm -hmm. That is long. As this episode releases, I'd like to encourage listeners to contact you if they have that length of hair and they want to donate it to reach out to you and to see what the process is for getting it cut and sent in, if getting it cut properly and having it put in the ponytail in the right way and sent. It really needs to be braided. Braided, okay. Um, before it's cut. Braided or secure with rubber bands all the way down the length of it. That way it doesn't tangle in transit. Okay. And so do you do that for other hair as well with the braids or is that no. is that not necessary? Okay. No, we actually ask people not to braid it because we want to see the texture of the hair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that's a good distinction to make. I appreciate that. Thank you. As this releases, I'm really encouraging folks who are interested in donating to really get that 10 inches minimum and have someone who can properly cut it and then send it in because there's definitely a need for it. And we want people to be able to get the kind of hair that they're looking for, right? And that they, mm-hmm. they want on their heads. So yeah. And if someone is listening right now and they want to donate, become a sponsor, is there just something separate on your page that they can do that as well? Yep. It's hairweshare.org. There's all the links are right there. Fantastic. So when people are looking for you on social media, where can they find you? Facebook is Hair We Share. Instagram is Hair We Share with an underscore between each word. So that's pretty much we use the two, Facebook and Instagram. Fantastic. Well, I will have all of that information, all your links in there and how to donate and all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much. You bet. It's been wonderful having you today, Suzanne. To find out more about Hair We Share, please check out the show notes for their website and social media links. 
If you are interested in donating your hair to this great cause, please print off their how-to directions to make sure it's a smooth process. I was amazed at how important the details are after talking with Suzanne. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.